Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I am Trevor Steppen. You are listening to the Grab Lives podcast. I'm here with my good friend, John Vargas. Um, we are setting the stage today to discuss sovereignty. So sovereignty is the authority of a state to govern itself or another state, a self-governing state. So sovereignty, great word, not one that I was super familiar with, but John has a much bigger vocabulary than me, and he brought it to my attention that this is a great thing to discuss as we start laying the groundwork for the rest of the episodes, right? In the first episode, we talked about the Grab Lives acronym and what it means to us as firefighters. Um, it's, it's something that we depend on to get us out of a hard situation. Now, as it relates to mental health, probably one of the hardest situations I've ever had to um, investigate and treat, you know, for myself, right, as doctor and patient sometimes. Um, and obviously, we're going to expand upon those uh, tools today. But before we get guests on here and go deeper into these tools, we want to discuss again that Grab Lives is about taking inventory, right? It's about seeing where you're at. And ultimately, it's about getting really honest with yourself, right? There's been plenty of times in my life where I thought I had shit under control. And then all it took was a tough incident at work or a tragedy at home for me to really feel like I was overwhelmed. Um, so when I, when I hear this word sovereignty, it really comes with such accountability and responsibility to take inventory of yourself and and discover all of the ways in which we can regulate ourselves for sure dude i'm very well put oh thank you great introduction by the way (laughs) (laughs) so trevor you and i we have to recognize that we are renegades and yeah by meaning renegade we operate off some different concepts and some of those concepts are we live our lives now based off of, you know, understanding our own inventory and they are really accessing our lives and our behavioral health with openness, with awareness, with uh, surrender and vulnerability. Yes. And I think when we started operating like that, you know, we became better friends because we were helping one another through our own circumstances through our own de-shoveling of our lives. And once we started doing that, you know, we began to realize like, man, these are excellent ways to access the best parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so to understand that leads into what sovereignty is. Um, And for me, sovereignty is just really understanding yourself on a deeper level. And when you operate that way, uh, no one has power over you, but yourself. And to really acknowledge what that means is, to really uh, take ownership and to really uh, always vibrate high and make actions out of love. And when you tell a firefighter something like this, they're going to laugh at you and be like, ha are you kidding me, dude? Yeah. I mean, there's already structures in place that, right. that don't celebrate sovereignty, right? Right. You have a captain. Right. You have a chief. You know, there's, there's a hierarchy. Right. There's a pecking order. Yes. So... What's interesting, when I say no one has power over you, that doesn't mean that someone has 
authority over you. I mean, some people do in a pecking order. You got to take orders, especially when you're on an incident. There's just a that's just the way things work. It's a it's a paramilitary structure, mm-hmm. which and that's it's set in place because it works. It's an organizational platform for us to operate on to have a better outcome for an incident. Yeah. But what I'm talking about power is is not having people really influence you to where they're distracting you with their own constructs, their own conditioning, their own self-beliefs to where they interfere with yours. I love it. I love it, dude, because the the strongest individuals, right? The guys that are stone cold, you know what I'm saying? Like they have the temperament of, if we're going to say paramilitary, I think most guys would like agree that the Navy SEALs, right? They just represent Mm -hmm. such amazing temperament, right? They're freezing their balls off going into secret missions, like hardcore dudes. And then a lot of them are so eloquent. They start podcasts, write books. They're like the upper, you know, 1% or whatever of these first responders, if we're going to include them in that. right? Right. So when I think about a Navy SEAL that doesn't get shook by anything, you know what I'm saying? That's like, we talk about the spin factor, right? As we know, a lot of guys, uh, and women right on duty where the true test is how are you going to perform at an incident and it doesn't take much it could be smoke showing for someone to lose that power over their voice right now they're now their size up shaky they're not able to delegate correctly for sure and what came to mind dude is you know you have your senior firefighter your ao who finds one thing about the rookie and then deems them unworthy of their education, right? Or their mentorship or their coaching, right? And so what I like to think about is that temperament, is that like no one, no one can take me off my path, right? Right. And it's it's easier said than done, dude. We all get distracted. We all get irritable. You always get frustrated. There's always blocks right. to learning. Everyone has a different learning style, but... When this did, when when this topic came up for me, it made me realize, just like we've been doing, taking inventory, it made me realize that this is a big one for me. This, yeah. dude, I give my power away so easily. Right. I mean, it doesn't take much, you know. I mean, I like to think that I've worked on my temper a lot, but man, dude, I used to go from zero to a hundred uh, from a from a look from Leah. You right. know what I'm saying? Because it. It matched up with the conditioning from one of my core wounds, which is my mom. You know, mm, it just that the sure. look was the look was so similar. You know, right. So, how do you how do you keep your power at work? Well, when you step into your power, it it's not so easily said. Now, I, I stick to certain practices that allow me to step into my power in many different ways, and so for me, uh, meditation is my my biggest. And so if I would use a meditation to really uh, help someone to decide their sovereignty, I would say, give yourself 15 minutes and ask the question, who am I? It's interesting once you do that. And because a lot of things come up for you. Yeah, I'm a firefighter. Uh, I'm this, I'm that. And, but all those things don't really mean anything to who you are. Mm. Now, so as I, I've done this for myself many of times, and I love this meditation because at the very end, I find myself looking at an empty mirror 
and seeing all these belief systems, all these constructs and conditionings, all these masks to show me who I am, but that isn't who I am. So who am I? Yeah. And so it's just a very interesting facet that you could really dive into. And I challenge everyone to do it because it's a really beautiful thing to sit there and ask yourself, who are you? Because many people have never done that. Yeah, dude. I mean, we, even when you brought up that, that prompt for a, a guided meditation or at least an intention in a meditation, that, that's an advanced it's it's advanced in the way that you you're gonna get to know yourself pretty fucking quick. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Like Untethered Soul came up for me. That mm. book flipped me upside down. For One sure. of my all time favorite books. But like as I was reading it, I mean I was like falling asleep. Like who am I? You know, like just just everything I thought. Right? Because right. the book challenges you to you know no that's not who you are. That's your right. ego. That's your persona. That's who you think you are. You're not your fucking job, you know? And obviously in our line of work, you know, our identity is wrapped up a lot in what we do for a living, right? Do you you ever see an electrician with uh, his, uh, you know, tool belt sticker on the back (laughs) of his window? (laughs) No, right? You see, people are proud to be first responders. They take it seriously. We're civil servants. It's a tough job. So... Um, who am I? I mean, that's, yeah. I, I like that you pose the challenge of sitting down and, and asking yourself this because this is what we're trying to dismantle, right? There's so many blocks. There's such a stigma uh, behind mental health and, and asking for help. And ultimately, it's to get to know yourself and to get to know, I think in the first episode, you said, get to know how to feel better. Right. And that alone, dude, like as that is a slogan, I'm buying. You know what I'm saying? Dude, I want to feel better. Right. I want to feel better in my own skin. I want to feel better at work. I mean, I've, dude, I feel very comfortable mostly at work, right? There's not too many calls that, you know, make me spin out or anything like that. But, you know, the environment itself, is uncomfortable, right? There's right. loud noises, there's bright lights. I mean, a lot of these things were, were conditioned to tune out, but there's sure. a lot of stimulus, right? So, I mean, how often at work will you find time and space to meditate? Well, I make that time. Excellent. And so the thing about making excuses about not having the time is, is not really valid. Right. Because I make the time to do it. And if, if it's a five minute meditation, I get a call or something comes up within the agenda for the day, that five minutes is just as valuable than no minutes. Absolutely. So in those five minutes, it's just uh, sitting there with myself and I I allow stillness to come through. Mm -hmm. And with stillness, I just sit still and I see my thoughts as they just circle around and I acknowledge them. You acknowledge them without attaching to them. Correct. And so when you sit within the seat of self and you watch your thoughts, you can understand that it's not so complex. You don't have to get involved with them to where they affect you so much. Mm -hmm. In this practice, it is just a beautiful way to just understand yourself. And some days days are different than others. Some days I got a ton of thoughts coming through. Oh, yeah. And some days I got intrusive thoughts. Some days I have... 
um, just negative emotions, negative behavior patterns that are coming up for me. But I just ask myself, why is this coming up for me? Mm. And so the beautiful thing about this is just being able to ask questions. And if you ask the right questions, you get the right answers. You're the only person that's ever introduced that concept to me during a meditation. So hmm. I, I am not you know, an, a meditation expert. Um, I have an easier time doing guided meditations right. or meditations that are focused on breath work. But yeah, you're the first person that's um, encouraged me to ask questions and then maybe an answer will be revealed. And I think that that's, you know, difficult. Um, you know, I just want to put this out there that like anytime you're doing a meditation, just don't have any expectation, right? For sure. You can have an intention, but don't focus on an expectation of outcome. Because right. like, you know, I know that too often, right, I'm going to sit down to do a meditation and the, the expectations that I'm going to feel better in 10 minutes. Well, expectations are the root of all heartache. Right. So the thing about how this leads up into sovereignty is when you make a connection with yourself and you build a relationship with yourself in silence, you have this ability to really go deeper. And when you go deeper, that's when sovereignty really starts to build create some building blocks for you mm -hmm. and this leads into behavioral health in so many different ways yeah. because behavioral health it's just a bottling effect to where things are bottled up within you and if you can visualize like a let's say a bottle of soda now when it's empty it's not going to fizz up all the way to the top and explode but when you have a full bottle and you shake that thing up it's going to pop yeah just a little bit right Right. doesn't even take much. And so you want to just use the power of visualization to understand that concept. Yeah. And so behavioral health is when everything's shooken up, circumstances, um, moments that just, that really push you aside. And if you are not anchored in, then you're going to have some dis disruptance mm. and some upheaval and some deshoveling of yourself. But a lot of times those moments those circumstances come into fruition to have you better understand yourself right? and take that look in the mirror and discover who you are. Mm. And you can see everyone who's gone through something difficult in their life and who have gotten through it. They don't do any blame. They accept that it's the best process for them to ever go through because they never would have understood themselves had they not had that circumstance. Right. And, uh, we're going to really have some guests on here that are going to have those moments that they had to take that deeper look yeah, and take that magnifying glass to discover who they are. And it's really um, fascinating how the human spirit is stronger than anything else. Dude, it's so resilient. We're so resilient. Yeah. And we have to trust that and trust the, the ability to trust ourselves. And you and I have had this conversation of what's been coming up for me. And for me, it's lack of trust. Mm-hmm. And because in my mind, I've been creating these cynical scenarios that aren't true. And when something like that comes up for me, I know that it's a pattern. Yeah. First of all, I know it comes from my mother's lineage. And I took a deeper look through that by meditation. So I asked, why is this coming up for me? And I realized that it's, it's coming from my mom and coming from her mom because mm. they have the same behavioral pattern. Right. And so I'm taking the courage to break that pattern through my lineage yeah. by accepting, first of all, that it's there. And then I have the power to change it. And I only have the power to change it through replacing it with trust. 
And I was telling you that it's a radical trust that I have to use because it is what I feel is needed to do something like this that's through my lineage. And so, like I said, sovereignty is just really going to benefit you on many different levels. And this is just an example for myself that's just come up last last week. Mm. And so, with sovereignty, we have to also understand that this is also a universal law. The universal law of sovereignty. If everyone takes ownership with themselves on this planet, we can all live a harmonious lifestyle mm. if we do so. Yeah. Because all the polarization and stuff you see going on, it's just, it's a lack of sovereignty. Yes. It's, just, it's a lot of fight and struggle because everyone's pointing fingers at one another when if you take ownership and things like that, then who knows what it's, could happen? I mean, there's a lot of fear, right? For sure. Dude, I, I want to say though that taking ownership is probably one of my favorite uh, qualities of the fire department. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're that guy that points fingers or says like, hey, you know, uh, I, it wasn't me. It was, it was this dude or whatever, you know, you don't take ownership, dude, mm -hmm. you're an outcast immediately. Right? right. And I learned that very early. Right. Cause like as a, as a recruit and then as a rookie, you're, you're obviously like somewhat scared of making a mistake. Right. You got like a lot of eyes on you and you just right. want to do well. Um, but what I learned was fuck man, like in order to be in this tribe, I just have to I have to try my hardest and mistakes are going to happen. I mean, this is a very like think on your toes profession. Right. So have a reason for your actions. And then guess what? If you make a mistake, own it. If you own that, I mean, talk about keeping your power. For sure. It doesn't matter who's talking shit. It doesn't matter who has an opinion. Everyone respects the person that takes ownership. And that's what this is, right? Is if this is your first opportunity to sort of admit to yourself or your wife or your husband or your kids that you're not doing all right. Cause that's what we hear, dude. We hear right. that. We hear that in the whisperings of the hallway. We hear that in the gossip, the rumors, so-and-so's off, whatever. And the reality is they're, they're not doing okay. Okay. Right. So this is like the first time in my life where, you know, I always felt like I was the one that was like struggling, right? I'm, I'm just not doing okay, man. I can't make this <laughs> life work. I'm too depressed. What the, you know, what's wrong with me? People have surprised me nowadays with, um, how often they're saying the word burned out, right? For sure. Dude, I never heard that. I never heard that in the first four years of my career. In the last two, I hear it three times by lineup. I'm burned out. You know right. what I'm saying? I need a break. And so I really want to structure the, the look at mental health as not at like an injury that's meant to be healed, right? It's not, you're not broken. If we're talking about sovereignty, if we're talking about living in your true power, what that means is incorporating your whole self. And I'll give you an example. So one of the things, one of the qualities of me that was put into my shadow, right? The part of me that I deemed unworthy of love very early was my sensitive side. Dude, I was a very emotional kid. I, I know it doesn't come as a surprise. I'm like an emotional adult. <laughs> right? I, haven't, I haven't shed too much of it. But um, I, was, I was told at an early age that you know being sensitive or being a crybaby is not manly, right? You're, right? you're not tough. So get tough. That was like a real, like, that was preached to me a lot. 
And so I, I said, fuck this sensitive side. This isn't doing me any good. I'm just going to lock it away, right? Well, it wasn't until I met Leah and fell in love and then was expecting a child that I started to, to open up my heart again, right? Mm. And what I realized through that entire process is that my sensitive side, it actually, it's, it's such an instrumental part of my structure For as sure. a human being, right? So when I, when I see a tough guy now, right? A tough guy who doesn't feel anything, I call bullshit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we all have emotions. Right. So, you know, the, the definition that I read about sovereignty is talking about governing, right? Governing a state. Well, mm. if we're talking about our own power, we're talking about regulating ourselves, right? Right. So to deny your emotions, that's not powerful. But For to sure. regulate your emotions is true power. For sure. And to incorporate all of yourself. Not just the not just the the qualities that you were told would serve a purpose, but, but all of you, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, so let's, let's just put a scenario in place, right? Yeah. And someone comes up to you that you called them out on something that they had done and they say, Hey, you know what? I'm really uh, sorry for what I did. I'm, I'm going to take ownership and take full responsibility for my actions now, when someone comes up to you and does that, what do you see? Well, you see someone's heart and you, you realize like, you know, I, I actually trust this guy or a girl on my team. Yeah. And I value their respect for themselves. And their maturity. And the maturity level. And, uh, you know, there's something that, that when someone can acknowledge their faults and be responsible for their actions, it just, it just goes a long way. And so, you know, going back to what you're saying, it's just uh, really powerful to do that. And there's just so many uh, portions of this, this portion of sovereignty that can go a long way if you do so. And you know, when you see someone or you meet someone who has full sovereignty and you can tell the difference, you can feel it without saying any words. Yes. And, you know, I think as I've gotten older, right, I care less about what other people think. I absolutely care less if I don't respect your opinion. That's been a big one mm-hmm. for me in the last year. Is if I, you know, if I don't trust you, if I don't respect you, your opinion it doesn't really matter to me. For the first large portion of my life, dude, it didn't matter who you were, I cared. I cared a lot, right. you know. I I felt like I was living in a third party, you know, um perspective of just who I am, right? I'm just constantly waiting for validation. Mm. So that being said, right, there's still there's there's guys that I work with that I don't want to let down. Every captain I've ever had, I've respected a ton. I've been blessed to have like really good leaders around me all the time and I don't want to let them down. Right. So I do care what they think. I think that there's a there's a differentiation between you know, having your power, understanding your power and regulating your power and obviously still working in the unity of a team. Right. Right. Because what I'm imagining is someone who has, you know, 
they they feel powerful, right? But a lot of times, what does that come with? It comes with defensiveness. A lot of ego too, dude. There's I've had rookies that you know I I try to tell them something and they give me like a <laughs> okay, you know, like this is the way <laughs> I've always done it, and I'm like, what do you mean? It's your first day. There's, there is no always done it, right? So there's a big shift right now, right? In you know, just a few years ago, felt like a lot of people were coming on desperate for an identity you know what i'm saying yeah Eight, for sure 18 years old making this much money dude yeah. pff, go buy a raptor go to the river you know i got this Definitely. i got this ao that i can just mirror myself after like i can just like i just do whatever he does and I, that's that's the route to success big shift now much more diversity much more different learning styles different ages for sure and obviously guys that are coming in guys and girls that are coming in with a little bit more power which is what i want i want people who can think i want people who have an identity right right it's we, we said in the first episode dude we're masters at size ups i want to get to know you quick and and the way that i get to know people quickly is through transparency right right so owning your shit is a great way to communicate to someone that you are transparent and you understand the assignment. Right. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to on the job. Now, there's so many things you can do at home that you can understand with your sovereignty, which is another part of the puzzle. Yeah. Right? Being at home and recognizing that this job is a little bit separate from being a wife, a husband, a son, you know, a daughter it's just uh it changes yeah and so you have to understand that things are always in flux and things are always changing and so you have to adapt which is important and so there's always it's always a balancing act if you can do so and stay in the center right and by staying in the center what you need to do is anchor in and with that comes a lot of different practices that we're going to offer on this podcast and for myself it's meditation yeah and it's doing a cold plunge mm-hmm and it's always changing. I didn't always do a cold plunge. Uh, so sometimes I would do yoga. Yeah. And when we talk about yoga, all my yoga practice is is doing three, four moves for 10 minutes each. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's nothing like I'm going to a yoga studio and doing a hard vinyasa flow. It's just sitting on my mat and just stretching, really. But these are um, ancient poses that, are able to help your body and also you're in a place of silence and solitude with yourself and that practice is really beneficial so like i said my practices will change and they've all played their part within my own sovereignty and my own power of which i stand in Mm -hmm. and so my favorite is meditation because stillness is by by far my favorite for for stepping into your power because it shows me which parts of myself are out of balance. Yeah, it's a really authentic way to look at yourself. It's hard It's hard to do. Yeah, it's very hard. It's not easy, but when you stick to it, it's just like a muscle you're exercising. Right. And it takes time. And so not everyone is going to be wired the same way I am. And so I can't just give you and project on you what you should do, what you need to do to, to anchor in. Yeah. You have to find it out on your own. And so... For myself, it's just, uh, it's going to always change because like I said, everything's always in flux. Right. So when something approaches to me that I find to be for me to step into my power, I'm going to exercise that, that practice. 
And so I just really challenge everyone to find their practice, you know, yes. going to the gym, working out, doing exercise or, you know, doing yoga or doing meditation or just uh, maybe gardening. I do gardening as well. Gardening is you know? a wonderful practice for I, mindfulness. I love it. Yeah. For some reason, I just really love plants and I really love to just sit in the sun and just I put some headphones on, listen to some cool music possibly the misfits or metallica <laughs> <laughs> something really tranquil right yeah master of puppets while i'm trimming the hedges <laughs> dude anything i think that um you know anything that gets you out of your head right right I, I dude i tell people if you're nervous before an interview do 10 push-ups go stand in the bathroom <laughs> with your head you with your hands <laughs> raised above your head feel your body right yeah move the energy right i know dude um if you're not into working out, I mean, that's one thing. That's lifting weights, right? right? There's something that you can do to move that will get you out of your head, right? One of the first things that I discovered that put me in such a blissful yet focused state was riding a motorcycle. And I got hooked. It became my most favorite thing on earth for mindfulness, dude, because I'm not checked out. I'm extremely focused, right. but I don't have racing thoughts. You know, I'm just a clear head, but fast eyes connected. Every part of my body's, you know, linked up with the bike. And I, I think there's a lot to be said for getting out of your head. So whether it's just doing a few stretches on your yoga mat or fuck, man, holding a pen and moving it across a paper, journaling, you gotta, you gotta spend some time out of your head. When I used to use skateboarding as a practice but last time i went skateboarding i fell really hard and bruised my whole hip so i was like i'm not doing that anymore <laughs> too old for that shit. <laughs> i'm too old for that shit <laughs> but yeah man uh i mean in essence you really have to just uh, take an honest look and see what comes up for you what's what's going to be important for you to anchor in and so the concept of anchoring in right i'm using the power of visualization because what so for instance visualization is used that's how we're wired as humans yeah so if i tell you hey trevor um chair you know do you see the words chair in your mind no i see i picture a chair right so us as humans we're wired to use visualization and so for myself it's just a very powerful thing to use um so in essence like if you're gonna uh do something and anchor in you have to build your roots. And so when you anchor in with your roots, you're really able to understand yourself. And when things come, circumstances, moments of upheaval, you don't get sidetracked. You get anchored in. Right. And you're not pushed around by the elements. And so it's really important to understand that when you do so and you build roots, you're really understanding who you are. And I always love... So I love rap music, by the way. Oh, and so, so I, there's this, uh, there is this saying that rappers always use, and it's called 10 toes down. Now, what that means is to stick to your roots and don't forget who you are, mm. which is a very powerful concept. And it's used a lot by different rappers. Um, it's just really, really awesome that you could use that. Uh, that concept of 10 toes down, man, just yeah. stick to who you are, stick to your roots. And so what's important to understand too is like if you're, gonna talk about consciousness right and you're always reaching higher enlightenment this higher in consciousness that that's not really important what's more important is anchoring in with your roots right 
that's deeper and that's going to show more, show more value volume in your characteristic of who you are mm. than trying to reach this higher consciousness. Yeah. Because you can reach there, but if you're not grounded, you're not going to really prove to yourself or anyone else that you're able to be approachable or that you're able to uh, meet someone at where they're at, Yeah, which is really, really important to understand. So I would like to uh, kind of sidetrack on the beginning of the podcast. We talked about being renegades, right? Mm. On some, some, a couple different words that are super important. Okay. So I think um, it was vulnerability, right? Yeah. Surrender, openness. Yeah. Like these qualities are, they're used and in ways for you to expand yourself in evolution of self. Yes. So one of the big ones is surrender, right? If you would tell a firefighter, a police officer, a veteran to surrender. Fuck no. You're not doing it, dude. You're going to think that it's it's a means of, I'm going to put up the white flag. I'm I'm willing to give up. That's yeah, not, giving up, right. That's it's not, synonymous with giving up. That's not what that means. So what surrender means is you're willing to let go of control. And when you're doing that, you're actually letting go of a lot. And you're being vulnerable to the space of, accessing whatever comes up for you in order for you to change uh, the rigidity of yourself. Yes. The ability to move with the elements because if you operate off universal laws, you always have to understand that everything is in flux. Everything is cohesive to the elements, the way things change. If you're going to resist change, it's not going to work out in your favor. And so one of my favorite quotes is no resistance, no stress. And this comes from uh, martial artists. When they use this concept, they're able to have less injury. And they're actually able to understand their opponent a little better Mm. when they're able to approach it like that. And so if we can look at ourselves and use our sovereignty and use surrender with it, you're able to better access yourself as things move and change, ebb and flow. Yeah. Because that's just the way this universe works. It's been a tough one for me, dude. It's you, not easy. You know me. I'm rigid. It's not easy. I try to control a lot of my environment. I've had to work a lot on letting go. Remember I said like, there's so much out of our control at work that when I come home, I'm, I'm desperately trying to swing the pendulum and control everything. That's not living, right. right? Living is making good choices. Living is seeing obstacles as opportunities. Right. And so when I realized that, here I am on this path of higher consciousness, but I'm not grounding into one of the foundational elements, which is being alive, being right. being in flux. You know, and that's obviously, dude, that's out of fear, you know? Is right. trying to plan ahead. Survival. Survival, right? And I was I was, you know, bred into a, a a mode of survival and I used it for a long time. And it takes a lot of courage to step out of that and say, I'm gonna be okay with whatever happens because I'm gonna be able to react in that moment with love and kindness for myself. Right. right? I was a perfectionist because if I had failed, I would have I would have said some horrible things to myself. You know what I mean? Right. My inner monologue was a <laughs> nasty motherfucker, dude. And so even to this day, dude, when you're approaching your own mental health, anchor in, right? Have a good team, you know? Like, no one's going to do this alone, right? It's right. very hard to. Um, you want to be able to share your experiences with your loved ones and let them know where you're at. And then obviously don't see 
yourself as an opponent. When we're talking about resistance, when we're talking about surrendering to sometimes the darker parts of ourselves that are in our shadow and we just haven't gotten to know, as well as the parts that are, you know, shiny and, you know, famous and get us what we want, um, don't see it as an opponent. You know, if you can surrender to that, there isn't resistance. And obviously you want to lean into those harder questions, right? Who am I? If you sit there for 10 minutes, lean into that, you will get answers back, right? For sure. Just like, dude, when I first just started experimenting with vulnerability with Leah, I mean, dude, there were times where I just didn't even want an audience for what I was feeling. You know what I mean? I felt so raw. And the reality is, is that Anytime that I chose to shut down or take space, but and taking space is healthy, but like, you know, I would do it as a reaction to feeling so much shame that it made me realize that like, this is not, this is obviously giving me some sort of temporary peace, but as mm. far as resolving an issue between a couple, I have to lean into it. Right. I have to get to know this part of me and dude, for the longest time, I thought my temper was gone. It, I mean, it was bottled up, you know, it was, <laughs> it was somewhat gone. Just another layer underneath. It is, dude. And I, I learned in the last two years that my anger is not the floor, right? It sits on top of grief. Mm. And so my entire life, a reaction, you know, whether it's um, confusion, loneliness, grief, despair, sadness, was all covered up by anger. And I was really comfortable with going to anger, right? For sure. Didn't it's hurt, Didn't hurt me. Right. Hurt everyone else. But yeah, so it all goes back to taking ownership, dude. Right. I was going to look up what vulnerability means. Because vulnerability is like, it's a tough one, right? Like, if you're going to uh, work within the, the realms of vulnerability and you ask a firefighter to do so... It's not going to go very well, right? It's not, but I mean, dude, just to even step into a room and give a drill on a tool, you know, like you're, you're asking someone to be vulnerable. They're standing on a stage. Anytime you ask someone to do any sort of public speaking or, um, you know, be... Uh, well, you're a, vulnerable to criticism, right? Exactly, exactly. So like vulnerability, it's capable of being physically or emotionally wounded which is pretty harsh right it's harsh dude but if you have sovereignty in your back pocket you won't be physically or emotionally wounded if that's in your place right. if you are anchored in right and that vulnerability is just a key to see what comes up for you right if you are willing to do so yeah and so uh, yeah you're talking about being a rookie and that's a complete vulnerable year yeah. Where you're just being criticized by your small mistakes. Hey, don't say this, don't do that, you know, but it's all for your best interest if you take a bird's eye view, right? Yeah, and if you start to separate the difference between sort of like discomfort and fear. So right. like there's a big difference between pain and fear, right. right? If someone criticizes me, let's put that in the category of pain. Okay. That stung a little bit. Fuck. I thought I did a better job. Okay. I'll do better next time. Fear is okay. This guy hates me. Doesn't want me here. He's going to make my life miserable. I don't deserve this job. I should just quit. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's a big scale on that. 
So, I mean, you're asking anyone in this line of work, whether you're a first responder, veteran, nurse, or cop, I mean, they're vulnerable, dude. If you choose to walk into uh, work and you don't know if you're going home, you're vulnerable. Right. But obviously, we're looking at things in terms of how how deep is that wound? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're someone I care about, dude. If you said something to me that was hurtful, I don't think it would cut me that deeply because we have this close relationship. You know, right. I would ask you, I would, I would lean into it. I would trust you. I'd be like, John, what, what, what's that about? You know? Right. And so I think, you know, obviously the more power that you can foster within yourself, the less you will be wounded in this state of vulnerability. Right, for sure. And dude, I <laughs> I was wounded by everything, dude. Any kind of criticism, not on not on the duty. I mean, I didn't get criticized that much, but at you know at home, different right. partners, whatever. I, I just couldn't even hear it, man. It's just too vulnerable. Right. So, I mean, I think vulnerability is best to use when we're at home, especially in our relationships. Absolutely. And so, when you're vulnerable with someone, it. it bleeds into transparency yeah. and you allow yourself to not be so rigid, not be closed off. And that's hard for us sometimes when we get off shift. And I mean, I've noticed myself, like I become apathetic after I work so many days in a row where I don't get sleep. It's just natural instinct. It's right. primal for me to feel that way. Yeah. And so just this last week I got off work and I was met with my girlfriend Haley to talk about something and I just didn't really feel I wanted to be vulnerable. And I had to, I took a second to myself and I was really realizing like, okay, am I allowing myself to be vulnerable to her for her to see my transparency? And the answer was no. Yeah. And so I took a second to just really reflect on that. And then a couple hours later, I would engage in the conversation a little easier with allowing the transparency to come through and the vulnerability and just making it a marker in my own consciousness to decide, okay, now's the time to do that. Excellent work. How did you communicate to her that you weren't ready to discuss it yet? Well, I just explained to her that I'm in a place where I can't be vulnerable, basically. Yeah, simple as that. And so if I say it like that, then we're having this open line of communication. She's not guessing something because I can be very stoic, especially when I'm working and I get off duty, I just, I have a a hard time transitioning between stoicism and vulnerability. And stoicism is not bad. No, it's great. It serves us in a lot of different ways. But in a relationship, you can't use stoicism. (laughs) It's not the most desirable Because you can't have your partner guessing about what you're feeling or what you're thinking because it makes them go into their own patterns of, yeah, let's say unworthiness or self-doubt. You know, am I doing something wrong on my end? Yeah. Am I not supporting my, my partner the way I should? And that causes them to feel a certain way. So when I allow vulnerability to come through and open communication, then it allows our growth together. Yeah. And that's what's most important. I mean, that's just for me and my own experience. Uh, same in mine. Absolutely. I mean, Leah and I both grew up in a survival mode based right. on our you know childhood. And I think one of the greatest gifts I can give her and she can give me is we don't, we don't make each other guess what's right. going on with, with one another. But absolutely, I, that resonated with me, dude. There are plenty of times where I would not 
choose to be vulnerable. <laughs> a lot of times I get <laughs> sick of it, dude. I'm like, where's that armor in this closet, dude? I want to put it right. back on now. Yeah. So it's tough, but there is a place for it at work. There's obviously a place for it at home. I think, dude, the more we can grow up and be real with one another, right? right. There's all these games that the rookies have to play. I mean, it's games. Or games implies fun, right? Taking right. out the trash isn't necessarily fun, but there's things that are traditional standards for rookies. I remember one day um, the, the rookie was working out and I emptied the trash from the dorm and he stopped his workout and ran over. And I... I he was like, "Oh, I got that, sir." And I'm like, well, "What are you? What are you talking about, dude? I'm right here. I'm right at the trash can. Like, I'm just gonna dump it. You know, go back to your workout, <laughs> dude. If the captain told you to work out, I don't need you playing these games. Right. I know you work hard. I obviously you work hard if you've been gifted the opportunity to work out on shift. So what you can expect from me." is that I have expectations for you as a rookie, but it's not to run across the out floor to dump a trash can that I'm holding. And he looked at me like, thanks, dude. Thanks for like communicating with me in sort of a real way. Right. Right. So be real, take ownership, be sovereign. Simple as that, dude. <laughs> I love it. And it's, it's so simple, but it's really important. It is. And if, if you look at behavioral health and you understand that a lot of times behavioral health is identity crisis and that comes through, you know, when someone's getting a divorce, you know, or something happens to where it, it alters your identity at some point. And that's just the last step towards someone going on a downward spiral. Yeah. And we're talking about PTSD not being a isolated event it's a bunch of chain reactions to that one event that just hits hard yeah and it hits home and it's just that's just the reality of it and to understand it on a complex level to anchor in and acknowledge that sovereignty is is always going to be something you have to work on uh my, one of my favorite quotes that i just read the other day was that True healers are always healing and true teachers are always learning. Mm. And so in essence, like you can always understand that your, your mentors and the people you really respect, they're always going to be down that road. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a quality I've noticed in every single mentor I've had or any sort of teacher, shaman, whatever humility. Right. Right. I, I mean, I remember the first time I had a therapist and he was like, yeah, I've got a therapist. And I was yeah. like, what? Right. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, of course, dude. Like we're all learning. Right. Every and life coach has a life coach. Dude, it was comforting. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that's like, honestly, when you have a conversation about mental health with, with anyone and that feeling of like, oh shit, dude, I'm not alone. That's comforting, man. We well, even desire, desire human connection. Yeah. And when you're able to have that connection and really share with one another and share ourselves, share our stories, that's what this podcast is really built on. Yeah. It's just being able to share ourselves to the collective of, right. of people who just would like to benefit from us being vulnerable in this space and being open about our lives, about our childhood traumas, about our own behavioral patterns that come up. And it's not easy to no. do so, you know, being on a platform to be willing to do so, not the easiest place to do because there can be a lot of uh, judgment, a lot of trolls out there 
that could come through and you have to be anchored in with your sovereignty and be like, hey, you know what? I, I'm happy about what I said or, or what I believe in in myself. You can't touch me. Yeah, and obviously, dude, my intention, I don't want to speak for you, but I have a feeling it's very similar. My intention is to help. You right. know what I'm saying, dude? There's been way too many lineup talks about Without a doubt. the mandate or the staffing crisis or the upper management, but none of it has a solution. There is no right. optimism. There is no productivity in the sense of what are we going to do to make things better? So this is a practice of ours, right? To go inward, and then we hope that the ripples, leading by example, the ripples will affect others who are going inward, and then now we have this collective movement. Without a doubt. So, yeah, I'm willing to risk vulnerability in order for someone to to realize that suicide is not the route. Right. You know what I mean? Because, um, yeah, dude, I mean, life is hard. This job is hard. Relationships are hard. And, and not to generalize it too much, but like we said, the volume on this, the mental health is getting turned up. And um, you and I have learned a lot, man. We've been in touch with some really incredible people. Right. You know, I've had therapists in the last two years have opened up my eyes to EMDR. I mean, EMDR was something that I thought was only for combat vets or guys at the Boyd incident. And I, I was using it for painful memories from, you know, being a teenager, right. you know, and it's just an, an amazing uh, technique for, for moving through and reframing and kind of like changing the narrative on some of these core wounds that are just stuck in us. Right. And we're going to talk about core wounds later in another different podcast and to Absolutely. understand what, what they yeah. are. Yeah. Um, but something I read recently was there was a different study on suicide mm. and just isolated to firefighters nationwide, just in the U.S. It was like, I think it was like 1,700 suicides from like 1880 till now. Mm. But 95% of them are from the year 2020 to 2022 which Whoa. is just outrageous. That's a lot. So there's a lot going on, obviously, and especially um, the last two years. And it's not just isolated to this job. It's just isolated to the lockdown and a lot of stuff going on where it affected our families and affected our health. Yeah. And so what's the number one thing that could hit you so hard? It's your health and your family. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. And it started to affect mental health well you talk about an identity crisis imagine you put your life's work your your blood sweat and tears into a family-run restaurant right california says sorry takeout only right yeah it's it's and we saw that happen we saw so many places go down out of business because of that and it's just wild dude how many new nurses have you met in the last year at our go-to hospitals the turnover is insane you don't see them anymore it's like it's Where like one's here and then it's another one the yeah. next week yeah because they're feeling it too and, right. and they're i feel like nurses are at a complete state of apathy where i'm like hey what's going on no words mm. just like what's your patient's name i was yeah. like <laughs> okay i see how this is going yeah but that's just very common and they're feeling it on a, on a different scale and they're they're stuck under right. a building sitting in a room for 12 hours on their feet all day, putting masks, you know, face shields on, wearing all this stuff throughout the entire day and under artificial light, you know, they have it rough. And they do. They, they definitely are feeling it as well. And you go to doctors now, like doctors, 
we'll do Zoom calls or they stay in their office. I know. And that's, <laughs> dude, a lot, of the, a lot of times I say, well, hey, how come you called 911 for this? How come you didn't make an appointment with your primary care physician? They're like, primary care physician went out of business six months ago. Right. So, yeah, the system's broken. But what I want to reiterate is you've heard me say, dude, in the last year, right, ups and downs. And there have been times where I've said, dude, I am burned out. Right. And I've heard that term more in the last two years than ever before. And I'm pretty sure it's a clinical diagnosis. For sure. Burned out. There's stages too. Right. And the reality is, is I don't like feeling that way. I don't want to be burned out. And so I'm choosing to do something about it. Right. right? I asked myself, is there another profession that you would prefer to this one? And right now the answer is no. And so I have to learn how to make this one work, work for me, work for my family. And, and that's when we talk about anchoring in and getting grounded and leaning into these fears of getting to know yourself and actually addressing, hey, why do I have to have a drink every single night before bed? It's so you don't have to maintain this feeling of burned out because it's not sustainable. Right. And so I want to start thinking in terms of longevity. I mean, we're expecting, right. dude. I mean, my entire life's plan has completely changed, you know, from from meeting Leah and you've helped me a lot. I mean, you know, for those who don't know, John, you were the one that introduced me to all of these resources, this community, right? Because I, you know, I had practiced yoga a lot uh, growing up and, you know, I'd had a therapist and. I'll get into, you know, ketamine down the road and how Leah helped me with that. But like you introduced me to my first, you know, ceremony type work and you started the dialogue on like a lot of people came to me when we had a miscarriage and they were all beautiful. They were all helpful. You know what I'm saying? But to give someone the tools, to give someone the power to help themselves that's very valuable. Thanks, man. And I really appreciate it. I received that without a doubt. Yeah. And for those who know, like for myself, I was forced down this road Yeah. with an injury and I had to take a deeper look and that was my catalyst for change. And so that's just the way my timeline had created itself an opportunity for me. Right. To an work opportunity. But look at us now. I mean, we're completely different people the last, what, year and a half? Right. And um, it's just, we'll, we'll go into our own personal stories, I think, later down the road. Yeah. And uh, we, everyone will be able to, to hear and listen to, you know, how we came to this point in our lives and being able to access this platform where we want to reach out and help others because we felt it. Yeah. We've been there and we understand. Yeah. And that's just the, uh, the baseline for this podcast because we deeply know from experience and that's the beauty of it is that you're not alone because we've felt it and we've been there yeah, dude. and it's not easy no. and we understand so many aspects of this and we've, we've gotten the help and we're willing to really have uh, people share their stories that, that are going to be really heartfelt, you know, that people would have no idea that someone like this would have to go through something yeah. at this caliber. Right. Um, and and keeping it all together and keeping it all together yeah. having kids at home and stuff like that i mean i don't have three kids at home you know and having to deal with ptsd and dealing with 
a deep dark night of the soul yeah neither do i you know it's just there's so many uh, people who actually have a lot of courage and it's really wonderful to see um yeah yeah i just want to touch on one more thing as far as it uh, pertains to sovereignty right so if you're if you're trying to step into your true power and you're you're regulating yourself including your emotions one of, one of the things that i think is the most fun as it pertains to this type of work at least for me i don't know if i'm sick or something but i love identifying patterns Hmm. so identifying patterns and unlearning your conditioning is like a real uh step in the direction of um obtaining your power right for me right i felt powerless to my temper right if um you know if someone said something and i just saw red you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a child at that point. I'm not very right. powerful. So identifying certain things that trigger me and right. the patterns that come after that trigger and the conditioning that was put in place to um, assist or encourage this type of behavior, really dismantling that was yeah. so key for me to, to can take pull up that list my power. Of those behavioral patterns. Oh, okay, yeah. And we can go into the depth you you broke it down pretty well of you know the the patterns of behavioral health or just behavioral patterns in general and the way you broke it down was so beautiful that there's just on layer after layer after layer with it that just it goes deeper right. to why we act a certain way and if i read some of these behavioral patterns we all resonate with them at a certain level we're yeah, like what okay, am I, oh 10 shit, out of 10? i have those man <laughs> i have those and when i say the word resonate I'm, I'm talking about like so when you when you resonate with something it's like when you are playing guitar and you hit a guitar string that guitar string it vibrates all the way to the neck of the guitar it's mm. resonating and so when red something resonates with you you're feeling that it hits a chord for you oh it's a beautiful way to put it and when you think about playing chords, when you hear someone play a, a chord out of tune, you're like, oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> but when you hear someone play a chord that's in harmony, it yeah. sounds so beautiful. Right. And that's the whole goal here is to create harmony and balance yeah. within ourselves. Yeah, because when you're in harmony, dude, you know when you're not in it. Right. You know? You can feel it. I can feel it, It dude. resonates. I feel, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll feel it on day two or day three, and that's a sign for me okay, here's the signal. Now, right. what are your practices that you're going to fit into to this morning to right. get yourself back into harmony? Right. So here are the fundamental patterns of human nature. Okay. Polarized thinking. Yeah. Stubbornness. <laughs> <laughs> we're laughing because we're both pretty fucking stubborn. For sure. Overgeneralization. Yeah, guilty unfounded suspicions oh too guilty negativity withdrawal inactivity and pessimism okay pessimism is the one i'm working on right those now. are all in one line yeah they all are almost synonymous with one another right and you know what happens when you're burnt out you feel pessimistic yeah and it's also yeah, it's it's just a pattern you know right. when you're in survival mode you're not you're not picturing um greener pastures all the time you know right. you're picturing the next pitfall fixed expectations preconceptions okay greediness that uh, i don't know not all of us are greedy but some yeah. people are yeah self-centeredness hiding and hiding and avoiding 
which is a huge one. Yeah, it's a big one for that me. That can go on many different levels. Dude, I get a little touch of that source energy, and afterwards I want to hide and avoid. For <laughs> Just sure. to process it all. Competitiveness, a fight for dominance. Yeah. I mean, that one's across the board. Like, that's like a firefighter trait, right? Com- being competitive yeah. is like something you honor. Yeah. Because competitiveness, competitiveness makes you uh, strive for... Uh, a better self right yeah and dude i mean look at pro sports teams right like right. if you're not competitive get off the team you know what i'm saying like <laughs> right. i i love that when we drill my engineer suits up and he wants to compete in the hose lay or the development right. of whatever operation we're doing it's great for camaraderie right so not all of these patterns obviously are just like get them out of your life yeah it's about understanding it right it's right. about understanding when they're showing up exactly so. that's what we're talking about and we'll go a bit deeper on on what they mean and and how to go about them like for me stubbornness is a means of protection for myself right because i i want to not have people be entered into my vulnerability yes and i've created these walls over years a lifetime Dude, unf- you know? unfounded suspicion for me, dude. Yeah. The rug was pulled out for me a lot growing up, so I was, you know, I'm going to get ahead of that, right? Right. So my intuition's telling me I can't trust you, but that's actually my conditioning. So forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them may come up at different points in your life. You know, you never know when they come up or why they come up, but there's a deeper meaning to it, and there's a deeper conditioning to it as well. Yeah. And I definitely have have some patterns but i've worked through a lot of them and i've realized you know a lot of them come from my childhood right and a lot of them come from how i was raised and to recognize and acknowledge that i have these is important to accept them and i'm not going to push them away i'm going to accept that they're there and then when i accept that they're there i can work through my understanding of okay well how can i change this now okay well i can change it by allowing myself to have some gratitude mm. right in this moment. And when you can access that and you understand how this framework works and operates, you can really use it to your value of sovereignty and working with yourself. Yeah, And it just takes time. It's not easy by all means, but if you're willing to do it, you will see an outcome that is beyond what you would recognize in yourself later down the road. You're absolutely right. Your future self will thank you. And you're right. It's not easy, but you have given me a tip that has felt easy-ish in the world of, you know, inner work, replacing, Mm. replacing. So like not, not getting rid of it, right? Not pretending it doesn't exist. But for me, remember, you know, I have problems with anger and irritability. And you asked me, can you replace those with compassion? And compassion was just as strong if not stronger right. for for it to come in and completely change my my frequency yeah so yeah well i think so the way i i went about that was uh there's something called the uh i believe it's the five star of chinese medicine and so when you're out of balance with something like a negative emotion there is the emotion that's under it that's in balance mm. and so when you told me you had a lot of anger and stuff i was like looking at the five star uh, try or whatever the I think it's like the five star graph or whatever it is. I forget what it's called, but it shows compassion at the bottom. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, each of those also are equivalent to a organ in your body. 
mm. that is out of balance. Yeah, what, and it's a what's map. anger, right? The it's liver. liver yeah. yeah. So liver and gallbladder, and yeah. so these, you know, graphs on uh, using Chinese medicine. You know, it's not alternative medicine; it's forgotten medicine. Right. And when you understand that these things have been used for thousands of years, you're like, okay, why did we forget them? Right. And how come they're not instilled inside medicine now? Um, it's really baffling to me, but I, I've really taken a look at, at what that meant to me. And it's just, I'm looking at all medicines on all different cultures and all different uh, paradigms of nature yeah. and understanding how things work. And if you collaborate with yourself on some of these tools to access, like if you would even look at the five-star um graph of Chinese medicine, it's like really valuable to understand yourself. And it's funny because one of those organs actually plays a role and connects to a different one and a different uh, negative emotion or a positive emotion. And those two are paired together, mm. which is really fascinating the way they set this up. And yeah. whoever figured it out, I have no idea, but it's yeah. really, really wonderful to see. Um, and each actually each of those are actually attached to an element as well, hmm. which is also, also interesting. I forget what the liver is attached to. I want to say it is, um, I don't want to butcher it, but I'll find it later down the road and we'll, we'll go into that. But, um, Eastern yeah, medicine has been super helpful. You know, I got a couple injuries in the drill tower and I went and got acupuncture and right. you know, I was fixed. I mean, acupuncture is, really beneficial to understand what it is it's just an energetic system and in each of those subtle energies you have um just gateways that are yeah. accessible through these buttons that push to an organ or push to a nerve system um and all it is doing is there's an, there's a blockage there with possibly a negative emotion and you have to just relieve it by acupuncture by hitting the gate yeah so uh liver is actually wood that's what they put for that which is kind of interesting mm. uh, but anger and resentment you know, are the negative emotions attached to that but yeah, yeah we'll, go, we'll go further into some of these things and the, the subtle energy centers um energetic body and all those things which are playing a huge role um that is forgotten medicine and to understand them it's going to be beneficial to really look at how it affects behavioral health because we're looking at trying to find harmony and balance and that's the goal here yeah and um you know obviously stepping into your true power incorporating all of yourself you know it's not just about highlighting what you're good at right. what doesn't cause you problems you gotta find your weaknesses exactly start focusing on the patterns that are driving you and your spouse apart or keeping you from connecting with your kids or you know making you you know, call out sick because you can't go to work, you know, you're just not, your heart's not in it anymore. Right. By really looking into these patterns, we can start to begin to take power away from these subconscious habits and put more power into our choices and what resonates with our hearts. Oh, very well put. Oh. I'd love to close with that. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Great talking with you, John. You too, brother. See you soon. All right. Later. <laughs>